When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. All right, two hours down, one hour to go. Andy Kamenitsky in for uh, Travis Rogers. AK, just so you know, in the um, Waba Grill lunch hour, that sign behind you, you actually have to hold that up the entire time for the noon hour. So just, <laughs> it's just, it's it's part of the contract. It's not that big of a deal. You got to spin it like those guys in the corner that you see spinning the signs. Yeah, you got to work. So work that in. go on. Yeah, so you just have to hold it. It's not it. Listen. It's not a big deal. It's not a distraction. It's not that we're not interested in you. I'm already used to it. You just hey, have to hold it until twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you're gonna break. Look, I want to keep that. the people happy. I, I mean, know you, you guys do. just signed this deal. I know you do. All right, it is the Waba Grill lunch hour on seven ten ESPN. Thanks to our friends at Waba Grill. You've got to try Waba Grill's new Asian-inspired Boom Boom Tacos Trio. With your choice of chicken, ribeye, steak, or shrimp, visit your local Waba Grill location or order online for picking up delivery at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Uh, Waba Grill, we appreciate their uh, sponsorship. You get a chance to see this this memo. We were just talking about the uh, Damian Lillard stuff. So there's a memo that goes out to all the teams about Damian Lillard. It's always kind of a an interesting one when a player requests a trade I get it the power that you can hold over a team when you're about to become a free agent that part makes all the sense in the world Kyrie Irving maybe it's not the best example but Kyrie um, when he wanted out of Brooklyn because KD got traded to the Suns and we have no idea what what Kyrie Irving wants Kyrie could say, listen, that's fine. You can trade me the Atlanta Hawks, but when I'm an unrestricted free agent in a couple months, I'm out of here. So it's not in your best interest to do that. Damian Lillard's contracts, it's not the same. It's not like that. Dame's got... He's got four years. He's got plenty of time left. And the memo that went out, which I got no problem with this at all, and I think it's actually the right thing to do, the memo that went out to all 30 teams... um, Basically saying that we've advised the Players Association that any similar comments, and the comments are, okay, let me go back. We've advised Goodwin, which is his agent, and and, uh, Damian Lillard, that any future comments made privately to teams or publicly suggesting Lillard will not fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will subject Lillard to discipline by the NBA. The, The idea and the concept is that supposedly Aaron Goodwin was telling other teams He's only going to play for the Miami Heat. That's it. Um, so the NBA comes out and makes sure all 30 teams know that this is not how business is run when you're under contract, that it is open for business to the Portland Trailblazers if they're deciding to trade Damian Lillard because Lillard wants out. 
I don't know how this is all going to shake out, but listen, I'm a I'm a fan of players want to make their own decisions. Cool, but if you're under contract, and the team that is going to trade you, and it's not in their best interest to trade you to the Miami Heat because Tyler Hero and some picks are available for a player the caliber of Damian Lillard, I've always I've been watching this thing from afar, saying, okay, well. What do you want the Portland Trailblazers to do? It's not like he's only got one year left on his contract. Well, there's a few levels to this that I think are really interesting when it comes to the league coming in and saying enough. Like, we, okay, we, this has gone too far. A, it's the idea that Aaron Goodwin actually said on the record that Miami is the team that he really wants to go to. Okay. Like, it's rare when you hear anybody from the player side even openly acknowledge the desire for a trade because – depending on the context, if players publicly request a trade, they can get fined. Like, if they publicly say, get me out of here, there can be a fine. Like, remember Anthony Davis, before eventually getting traded to the Lakers, ended up getting fined for publicly acknowledging wanting to leave. So, I mean, and look, a lot of this is kabuki theater because there will be enough reports out there that a player wants to be out. The player doesn't end up denying it, which... For what it's worth, Damian Lillard used to often deny, yeah, openly deny reports of him get, wanting out or dissatisfaction. And he'd get criticism for, right. hey, why isn't Damian Lillard want to go compete for a championship? So there's the, there's the element of Aaron Goodwin saying on the record that Miami was his strong first choice, strong preference. Now, he did not say on the record that Damian Lillard, if he didn't, if he didn't get moved to Miami – he wouldn't show up anywhere else or he'd sit out anywhere else. I, to the best of my knowledge, Goodwin has not said that publicly, mm-hmm. but that has been reported enough and presented through these reports that that is something Goodwin is saying behind the scenes or that Lillard's saying behind the scenes. You combine that with the public acknowledgement of Miami is the fr- strong first choice. That's where I think the league has decided it's gone too far. The irony to me, though, is... I don't think it's even slightly believable that, let's say, Dame gets moved to the Sixers. By the way, he has two years left on his contract. So he's got this upcoming season and next year. So he originally signed four. At least that's what Spot Track is showing. Um, no, I think he's got four years left. In four total. years I'm on. I'm pretty sure it's four. Upcoming. Oh, no, you know what? You're right because of the contract extension. Yes. That's right. He got that contract He's extension. got four years yep. left. Through 2026, 2027, yep. The irony to me is, like, let's say he gets moved to Philadelphia, like as a James Harden replacement Mm -hmm. or a James Harden addition, or the Raptors decide that they want to do something like they did with Kawhi and just roll the dice, like whoever. Yeah. Dame is a total pro. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's known as, I think rightly, one of the most professional guys in the league. Look at him in Portland. Right. Isn't that enough to... He's known as one of the best leaders, one of the most professionals, who loves, loves to play. And this is one of the last prime years he has in his career. Does anybody actually believe that if he get? It'd be one thing if he got sent to, like, Charlotte, which Mm -hmm. I don't think the Blazers would do anyway because the PR would be awful for them. But if he gets sent to a competitive team that just isn't his first choice, but it's a legitimately competitive team, does anybody really think he's going to sit out in protest? Like, just crap away one of his last prime years because he wasn't sent to his first choice? I'm sorry, that's not a believable threat. I don't believe that for a second. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why I think it's so ironic about all this mess. Can I ask you a question about the – just the hypothetical. Nobody thinks he's going to Charlotte. But you said that the PR that would come to the Blazers. What's the Blazers' job in this situation? It's to get the best return, right? I mean, is is it not? Because the reason why I'm asking you the question – Especially because he has so many years left on his contract. Expensive right, he wants, years. He wants to play in Miami. Cool. Miami doesn't have a package that we're willing to send him to Miami. Let's say Philadelphia is a good example. And it's going to take uh, – Maxi has to be a part of the deal. And now all of a sudden, maybe there's more interest. But let's say Philly doesn't want to do it. Okay, Philly's out of the question. You start going down the list of teams that – now there's other teams. Let's say because the NBA sent out this memo – that teams now feel a little bit more emboldened. They feel confident that, no, we could go trade for Dame, and Dame's going to come, and and he's going to do what's on his contract. He's going to play for us. Why does Portland have to – what if the, the two best teams that are competing for Damian Lillard's services, one is give me a competitive team and give me a team that's not competitive. Let's give Charlotte as one – and throw me another, and the Knicks, and the Knicks are the okay, other one. The Let's Knicks. just use the Knicks. But the package is better for Charlotte. Why do they have to send him to the Knicks? I think because you you're looking to do what's best for the Blazers as an organization. They're mm-hmm. looking to do what's best for themselves. But that's not just the return. I think it's everything that comes with making a deal of this magnitude. You're trading arguably the greatest player in franchise history, yep. who gave you more than. Yep. A decade of service. Incredibly loyal. Loyal. Mm-hmm. Played his ass off. He was great in the community. Did can't a lo- did can't a lo- control the front office and the moves they make right, to not exactly. make them competitive. And you're also an organization that has a difficult time getting free agents as it is. If you're seen as sending Dame Lillard, one of the most respected players in the league, top 75, all of that, to basketball Siberia. Mm-hmm. That's a bad look for you. Now, if you send him to a contending team that isn't his first choice, I think that's fine. If you're sending him to a good situation and Dame wants to turn it into a bad one, that's on Dame mm-hmm. at that point. Like if if Miami cannot come up with a package or a third team, maybe a fourth team, to try to give Portland, Portland enough what of they're what they want. For. Like, for example, Tyler Hero is reportedly a big sticking point in all this. I don't blame Portland for not wanting Hero. Sure. They already have enough guards who are all their real rebuilding pieces. Tyler Hero, youngsters that can. Yep. Tyler Hero will be another, yet another guard on a long-term deal. They don't need Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. so you need to find another team that wants Tyler Hero. Like I, I can understand where, for the time being, they don't want what Miami has to offer. But if say the Knicks put out a package, or Toronto, or Philadelphia, like. Sure. Whatever team around the league that is competitive, if it's a good package for Portland and you're sending Dame somewhere that if he has the right attitude, he can have a good situation there. Make the playoffs, make a run or something right. like that. And he still chooses to say, I don't want to be here and pout or whatever at that point. And I love Dame. He's yeah. one of my favorite players in the league. Mm-hmm. That's on Dame at Look, that th- point. This is th- that, I didn't, that wrinkle I was not prepared to have the conversation for, but this is kind of the fine line that you walk. Right. The fine line is if a player, if a team, their responsibility to just looking out for themselves and and Dame, I know, is a unique conversation because he's somebody that's been with them for a while. He's been loyal, he's been everything else. But I'm going to go back to what I just said. 
What if Charlotte's the best package? I wouldn't do it because I think big picture, you can be doing some damage to yourself in the process of getting those picks. And look, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you feel like we never get free agents anyway. Yeah. So our only choice is to build through the draft. And, and look, here's here's another difference. I think Portland should be more careful about this with Dame. And I think in certain respects, they do owe Dame better than just sending him off somewhere where it's like, I don't blame him for being miserable. Yeah. And, and, Philly yeah. with James Harden, mm-hmm. send him wherever the hell you want. Like, that's the difference. Sure. They don't owe Harden a thing. Kyrie with Brooklyn. Yeah. Send him wherever send the hell him you where, want. Yep. Send him wherever. Mm-hmm. That's to me, is a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Trav and I always have the conversation about, I'll use as an example, um, in baseball, maybe there are teams out there that don't want to do a deal with the Dodgers, okay? The Cardinals could have very well with Arenado just could have very simply have said to themselves, and I don't know what the package was, but they made an announcement over the weekend, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. They're going to keep him, right? Is there this hesitation because there's a team that you feel like you can help win a World Series and be competitive over the next couple of years. And Travis is always under the assumption, I'll use the Padres as an example. Padres are not going to send Blake Snell to the Dodgers. And what Trav says is, well, what if the package is just good enough to where it's going to help you for the future? Who cares where you're sending him? But I know that's not how the world works, and maybe it's not the best comp for for the Dame stuff. But you see Every example from. is not created equally. Like, for the most part, I think you have to do what is best for the franchise. But again, I feel like when it comes to Dame, the whole picture is ultimately what creates what's best for the franchise. All right. Um, something on this date in 2007 happened that um, kind of started the trend of the big three. What does the big three really mean in the NBA in this day and age? We'll get into that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeve Show, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Andy's ringtone. That's the RZA. Was this the ringtone? This wasn't it. This was not it. I got the wrong one. Oh. I I wasn't able to really listen because we were on air while I was looking for this. Not it. Okay. Unless it's queued up at the wrong point. Wait, is this the one you sent to him? Yes, that's yeah. awesome. But I that's made... awesome that you sent it to him, and then he's listening to this it. Is saying, I don't it. Know what it is. <laughs> this is okay, not it. This is not it. This was this a. This would be a choice. This was a RZA remixed version of a Charles Mingus song. Wow. That was my ringtone. I'll see if I can find the exact point. I maybe I cued it up wrong. So, did you have what, a ringtone at any time? Uh, Yates? What's up, Yates? Yates I did, in the studio. When I, when, by I, the way. when I woke up this morning, I was not expecting to be chalk talking. 
Rizzo Mingus collabos <laughs> with AK. That was that was not. I bring different road. things to the show. Uh, apparently Gordon. so. So yeah, no. I, what, well, I don't know that I had a jersey. I don't think I had an actual ringtone because I. You got to understand, I came from an era when you had pagers and beepers, and so like by the time ringtones came along, it was kind of like I don't need that. You know what I mean? I had already gone through. I had my own line in high school, so like I had my own voicemails personalized. I had my pager personalized. By the time ringtones came along, it's I was good, like, I'm, I'm good. You know good what I'm life, right? There. I don't need the streets. No, <laughs> it's a good life. We didn't have Dude, that my mom. Alcohol. I mean, you know, a lot of girlies are calling the crib. My mom was like, All right, buddy. To the pager. You, so you, you had the equivalent ahead. of the burner pager. It, it was like, Why don't you go ahead and get your own line? You're tying up my line. This guy's you know going to the liquor wow. store, grabbing the the, <laughs> the one-time use phones. And then he's throwing it away. I did not have those, but so uh, yeah, I didn't. I had sort of grown out of ringtones by the time they came along. So went to um, so I was going to tell this story. Went to a restaurant last. Sadly, night. I'm older than Clinton. Hadn't outgrown the ringtones. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a pager, by the way. I did. Yeah, I didn't have a yeah, pager. They were critical. I think pager was. It was a combination. It was towards the end of the pager era. And yeah. my parents were also not getting me a pager. They didn't. They didn't really rock with you rocking a pager. So where did you? A lot on a cell phone. Where did you wear your pager? You hold on. Yeah, I mean, I want to know because you brought it up. I kept it in my pocket. You in your pocket? Okay, because like where I was from, you put your pager like in your in your crotch. Like that's where that's where you rocked your pager. That's where the pager went. Like not in your pocket, but like on the on the. Like well, the now it's very important at that point on the waistband vibrating or yeah, but like you put it here <laughs> on social. You put it like here. Like what would be the fifth pocket, but not actually in the fifth pocket because it would blow. Okay, I thought it you would... meant like front. No, 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 that's no, what I thought too. Just <laughs> like, like on your thigh. Hey, what do you know? It's, <laughs> it's like. Whoa. I mean, or yeah, or that if you fall asleep, you know what I'm saying. But like the idea was that it doesn't go in your pocket. That I, was like you, I mean, at that point, I I understand why you wanted all those pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paging anyway, yourself. Sorry, Al. Sorry. Par- pardon. Pardon for interrupting your no, story. No, no, no. You're good. Bad. You're good. I okay, so I, I just. Gonna I am blowing up in a lot of ways. So you went to a restaurant. Uh, so I'm at a restaurant last night. We go get some we go get some uh, Italian food. Go to a restaurant, okay. Echo Park area. And they sit us down. Um, okay, so it's just her and I. Lady Sleep. Yep. And the way they sit us down, so let's say you guys are sitting right here in front of me. I'm not talking too far. Like I'm not, I'm talking about halfway of this desk. Okay. okay. And they put us, it's like a booth. And we're at the end of the booth. So now she's sitting here, and I'm facing you two sitting this way looking at each other. Oh, the entire weird. conversation that these guys in front of me had, the whole thing. The guy is looking to buy his daughter a wife. He has a budget of twenty-five dollars to $30,000. He doesn't know whether to get a Lexus or to get something else used. The entire conversation I had, I'm just sitting there with my girl, I'm like, we can't sit any closer. Like, I can put my hand out. Him and I are holding hands <laughs> through our entire dinner. Right. That close. It was like, okay, I get the restaurant is full, but do we really need to be this close to somebody? So that's a situation I know where what to do. I would have said, upon observation of the seating arrangement, review. I would have been, we'll pass. Like, we'll go to the bar or not, or we'll go somewhere else. Once something better opens up, then will be made available, and you let him know. Hi, by the way, I'm hosted the year, Alan Sliwa. Let's make this that worth, helped. Wait, wait, let's make this wait worth my while. I mean, I'm only half joking, but you say, "Hey, look, that's not going to work for us. We'll hang around and buy a bottle of wine at the bar. You getting up? Hook us something. Hook us up with something you else. But at the bar, you're in? closer to somebody else, closer. Than yeah, that but guy. you're waiting for something different. You know, what I mean, that's a temporary mm. circumstance. That's not where you're eating your meal. But okay, do you want to stay longer? Okay, this is the dinner was. 
745. I'm not really going past that on a Sunday, right? Like we don't we're oh, just going to go have saying. we're yeah. going to go have a glass of wine, we're going to have some dinner and we're going to move on, okay? But they I, I listen, it's all good. I've gone to plenty of restaurants where you're I've never been that close. Right. And I'm facing the two. Like That's it, weird. it looked like you guys were with us. <laughs> That that's what I think is strange about it. Like it's one thing if you and Lady Slee are facing are like each this. other, yeah, and then you have two people next to you also <laughs> facing each other. But I'm at the end of the Alan. Booth. By the way, for those of you not watching on YouTube, is doing all sorts of demonstrations. I'm telling you, he's, he's basically like an angle. air traffic controller yes, right now. This is fantastic. These guys were ordering. The guy was saying, "Hey, the bread still hasn't come out." Like I heard the so, whole thing. So let me Everything. ask you how did how did they acknowledge you? Like, were you the only one that were you two the only two that felt awkward, or were these guys ready to rock, just right, not we, even paying attention are, to you? We are usually pretty quiet, so yeah. we're not shocker. Like we're not <laughs> we're not making a we're not making a scene. Okay, right. So her and I respectfully are just kind of having our own personal conversation. These guys were separated enough to where they're a lot louder than we are. Are these what is So they're not they don't care that we're that close. Let's okay. put it that way. What is what is their heritage? Are we talking sort of a culturally louder situation or were they hammered? You know what I'm saying? Like No, not culturally anything. Just okay. a couple white guys enjoying their sure. dinner and uh, we're fine to include us in their conversation. <laughs> was just a just like I love the two white guys yeah, is not was, culturally anything. Well, I mean, you know, you know how sometimes it's like you no. go into a listen. As somebody that's been accused of being loud in a place for reasons other than just none other than just I'm talking to my friends well, and nobody said, else is saying a word. You said it's the a movie question. theater, like you yeah. said, there's certain things that are right. There are differences. Culturally. Exactly. Sure. You know, I'm not. So. I'm not denying it. I just think that's really funny. You know, it could have been a situation where I don't you know, think I was. We we weren't going to leave. I right. wasn't going to get up and leave. Yeah, I see the getting up part is the difference between your strategy and Sunday. mine. That would have been, again, upon observation, yeah. oh, in fact, I'll take something else because yeah. we can see what's going on. But that's a tough one. Are you a – did we do this last week with you? I can't remember if you had come in when we did it. Are you a eat inside the pool? So, okay. So I had – I'm so disappointed in myself because I typically take a lot of pride in – finding things to send various people on the shows that are relevant to the things that they were talking about. Yep. And I saw a clip over the weekend, Emily, of like this. I, I'm so mad I couldn't find it. I was listening to the show earlier today on the way in, scrolling all my likes, could not find it. But it was one of those like IG reels of a cabana type of situation somewhere yeah. in the Caribbean where all of the meals were eaten in the ocean, Sliwa. Like, literally, you would swim up to the table situation. The guy was with one of those insane uh, trays that has eight other trays on it kind yeah. of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Have you and, seen that thing like in, like, um, it's, like, the Maldives or whatever, where, this, like, they will serve you and your little, like, hut thing, and, like, you'll eat your breakfast in, the like, the um, infinity pool? This might have been that. That sounds lovely. This might have been that. But I was... That one it, doesn't sound as the, bad the, as some the, of the other... The reason I brought it up, Slee, is because I was even... T as a pool eater, somebody who has no problem eating in and around pools, okay. my sister worked in D.C. public pools for years, so that was, like, the de facto summer camp for me sometimes. I'd just be at the pool, you know what I'm saying, with the count... With the, with the lifeguard. So I've eaten a million things at the pool. But even that, that island situation, that even struck me as I was like, oh, buddy, this is a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's if the oysters right go there. back where they came from into yeah. the ocean, we got problems. These need to stay on the plate or in the bowl, you know? So it, it, there's a, there's I a think limit. I'm learning. People are very, it depends. They're, they're comfortable in the pool. It depends. I'm going to be honest. Beyond the eating in the pool thing seeming 
little bit gross in uh-huh. terms of what could be residue in the pool. Mm-hmm. It sounds totally inconvenient. Like it doesn't seem like a pleasant I'm way to be it's eating. Not, it's not a pleasant way. You have to way. keep everything above the water. Yeah. Like you got to raise your you don't arms. Have to get at out. Level. You don't have to get your towel. People you don't have to splashing. Dry off. The towel is the key part of this. The drying off is the critical element of why eating in the pool matters. Also, this is a non- I don't think people are drying off. That's what I'm saying. This is also a, a non-kid situation. There's right. no kids splashing around and doing cannonballs. It's like a no-cannonball yeah. situation. Right. It I also feels just sent like you guys a work. picture of that. Eating in Imagine the pool like feels a, like work to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's too much How does uh, it too feel like work? work? I just explained it. Like you got to keep everything out of the water. You so can't that's be eating casual. in general. You have to do a lot of work to eat in general. <laughs> How do you eat? I do not find <laughs> eating that problematic in terms of my ability I mean, to get it done. I, well, because it's not work to eat in the pool. Yeah. So I don't, it's as much work as eating in in general. I will say though, I was listening to your conversation earlier, and you guys are exactly right. The cramping thing was always a lie, always a lie. As you you I said, like you, you swam competitively for years, Emily. Obviously. Cannonball! As somebody that grew up around a good amount of public pools, every every single time they told you to get out of the pool, it was a lie. If they were tired of the kids goofing off, they say, "Oh, guess what? Somebody reverse swim. Somebody reverse fortune in the pool. All the kids are out for two hours." You oh, know what I, was, I'm I was waiting. I was waiting for the half hour. Parents yeah. wouldn't let us back in. Adult swim. They wouldn't let us back so in. So critical to life. It's, that's just an organizing humans thing. That's not like an actual health concern thing. Did you do your uh, blue review today? About to do it now. Okay. We're probably going to discuss. Um, a lot of halos talk on Blue Review recently. Wow. Probably going to discuss, uh, you know, the moves that have been made in Southern California uh, regarding that team, which, as I stated today on the program, you can tune in at 5 p.m. on ESPN, Around the Horn. Uh, I, I, I love this move by the Angels. I think mm. that to, for, for – how do I explain this? Basically, for what baseball should be, for what baseball could be, and for what the Anaheim fans have contributed back to this, this was the move. Keep the guy, try to get better, you might have a shot. Two stats that matter, Jorge, since you're paying attention. The Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Wait for what show? The Atlanta, exactly. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves won the World Series with 88 wins when they won. And yeah. last year, the Phillies got in as the last team in the playoffs and sure. went to the World 87 Series. 87 wins, I like think. This, it's like this is not out of the question in terms of if you are within reach, you could give it a go, which thus would be the Angels' best chance of keeping him. I think it's a good move. Because on. if you get in... It's because they're hot. And yeah, if they're hot. It's really great for the postseason. Hot, you got a okay. shot. What? What? By the way, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It'd be so depressing. I'm not kidding. And it's somebody that has nothing to do with the Angels, I want to see this man in the postseason so bad this yeah. year. I want to see this final couple of months that they actually make a push and they're in the mix and you take your chances. Right. I guess the question I have to you is, what's more likely that they actually make the postseason or we're sitting here September 15th and we're talking about the Angels? Uh, two weeks away from basically the season ending, they're not in the wild card mix, and Shohei Otani is going to be leaving. I'll tell you this. If most teams take the Matt Chapman, John Schneider, those are the third base and um, manager of the Blue Jays approach, which is to just stop pitching to Shohei, well, then no, they can't make it. But if he can find a way to continue his hot streak, because, again, he, he had that crazy day in Detroit. Trout will eventually come Ste- back. Trout will eventually yep. come back, hopefully. He steps into Toronto, takes the first pitch out of the yard. Chapman's like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing to this guy? Mm. They don't have anybody else. If teams start pitching around him, it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to make it. Um, where are you going? Sticking around? Uh, I'm going to go do Blue Review. Okay, before then. Yeah. Verlander, we talked about this, that the Dodgers, I think their ERA in July was one of the worst Please don't ERAs. tell me you're trying to get Verlander. Well, what do you want them to do? Because let's say that, okay, they don't Marcus get Verlander. Marcus Stroman is who I want them to get. Okay, so at least you're uh, addressing something. But if you, we're here at 3 o'clock 
tomorrow and the Dodgers did not go find a way to improve in in some shape or form their pitching staff, how are they really competing for a World Series? That's an excellent question. I don't necessarily know that I thought it was a given that they were competing for a World Series to begin with this season mm-hmm. outside of the nominal fact that they are the Dodgers because so many other teams are good. But Verlander's just too old for me. The whole, like, we're getting an aging guy. We just went through this wait, with wait, Max wait, Scherzer. Wait, before you say we too just old, went through but this. Say, before you say you're too old, they offered him two years, $80 million in the offseason. Okay. He won the Cy Young last year. A- again. What the he wasn't too old is, in the offseason. Again, I just don't believe that Verlander is the guy. I don't – how to explain this? This is – every time I say that a guy is too old, it's not because I'm taking away anything they've done. It's about the dependability factor in terms yeah. of what they may do. Reminder, Scherzer tried to piss on two days rest for the Dodgers, and guess what he said at the end of that? My arm's dead. Yeah. Like, that happens. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a knock on Verlander. He's actually a really nice guy. And I remember when he got his first World Series win in terms of when he was on the mound as a starter last year. And it was a nice moment. You know what I mean? But I'm not giving up humans to get that <laughs> back right now. That's that's kind of the main thing. I'd rather have a younger guy, a guy like Stroman, who's got a little bit more in the tank uh, as far as, I think, what he needs to get for his career. Blue Review, Monday through Friday Correct. on YouTube. Make sure you go check it out. Clinton, thanks for coming in. Absolutely, gang. All right, um, we didn't do the big three. We're going to talk about the impact big three still has in the NBA. Something happened on this day back in 2007 that put three big players together, actually competing against the Lakers in a couple NBA finals. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeve Show, 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, it's the Waba Grill lunch hour on 710 ESPN. Thanks to our friends at Waba Grill. You've got to try Waba Grill's new Asian-inspired Boom Boom Taco Trios. With your choice of chicken, ribeye, steak, or shrimp, visit your local Waba Grill location or order online for pickup or delivery at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. It's got those tacos in the background this entire time. Uh, Biggie also had put out a couple photos of the pager era, a couple uh, pagers there. I think we were both confused initially when Yates said that he puts the pager at a certain area. Um, that threw us off that, a little that bit. Sh- all of a sudden, the show became not safe for work. Yeah. The way he was describing this. Well, you already said at a movie theater if somebody's making out that you might just kind of join, join them. Yeah, so that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, if they're going to make too. that big a thing out of it in a public place, you're going to turn into the atmosphere you of the theater. You should have done the same thing at dinner last night. <laughs> Just start making out. I w- there was nothing to make out. <laughs> basically holding the guy's hand while he's holding, uh, ordering his salad. you got to we sprawl across the table. Let's just say this. Okay, so on this day in 2007, um, it, this is kind of an interesting because I think it started, I, I, I guess you want to call it the the big three. One, I, I don't know if this is the, the move that started this era of the big three, but I think you can make a case for it. That doesn't mean that back in the day – there wasn't Kareem Magic and James Worthy, or there wasn't Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Pears. Like, go down the list of, of some of these other players. But on this day in 2007, the Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett, was traded to the Boston Celtics. Um, number of players involved, Al Jefferson, member Sebastian Telfair. Oh, yeah. Member Gerald Green, oh, Theo yeah. Ratliff, two first-round picks. 
Um, and the deal marked the largest NBA trade ever for one player at the time. And Boston now had its big three. It was Ray Allen, it was Paul Pierce, and it was Kevin Garnett. And, you know, Laker fans are very, very aware of this because it also started the era where the Lakers faced the Boston Celtics two of three years as they won two championships in three years. What, what are, are we kind of moving away from this? Because I remember, was it the last trade deadline that we had? The Lakers, there was a lot of conversation about the Lakers potentially going out there trying to get Kyrie from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he ends up, sounded more that the Nets just didn't want to trade Kyrie to where he wanted to go ends up with the Dallas Mavericks, and there were a lot of Laker fans, including myself. The season already wasn't going anywhere. You saw kind of the situation with Russell Westbrook and and just how how awful of a fit that was over the course of about a year and a half. And the Lakers decided, whether they decided it or Brooklyn decided for them, to go a different path, and they end up getting D'Angelo, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura. They go out and make the trades that they did. Where do we stand on the on the the big three era? Is that something that you think still exists? Okay, is it, let me let me give you this. Is this a big three? Is is Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Damian Lillard? If that were to happen, is that considered a big three? Yes, that is absolutely a big three. You've got you've got three guys that could end up all NBA, all defense, or in the case of Butler or Bam, maybe both. You know, Jimmy Butler will be in the All-NBA conversation. Dame will be in the All-NBA conversation. Bam is maybe on the cusp of All-NBA, but he's definitely in the All-Defense sure. conversation. And yep. Butler can be in that one as well. That's absolutely a big three. There's no question. What What, what is – the way you look at the NBA today, and you, you could see the Denver Nuggets, how they won. Um, look at the Miami, how they – or the Heat, how they got there. If you want to call – the Milwaukee Bucks, a big three with Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Like, I don't know what the level is to where you kind of start saying, okay, hey, this is, this is, no, 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 this is thinned out too much. To me, it's, do you have three guys that could be in a, in at minimum an all-star conversation or elite at, elite at defense or like elite as a specialty? You know, like that's like Rodman, for example. I don't remember off the top of my head if Dennis Rodman made all-star teams how many whatever like by the by the time he was with the bulls but mj pippen rodman sure. that was a big three because rodman was so good defensively so good at rebounding he was beyond elite at that one skill set that to me created a big three i feel like i feel like people get it's too much of the no nah, no nah, the big three is over the the era of the big well, look, three the is NBA over. with the new CBA they're trying to get rid of the big threes but I, I I think this is where people get confused with the big three big three to me LeBron James Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook by definition of a big three is a big three they didn't fit sure but that doesn't mean the big three era is well, done they, if you replace let's just use the amount of money Russell Westbrook was making, and you said, okay, take Russell Westbrook out and put in – remember there was some chatter about DeMar DeRozan and DeRozan wanted to be a Laker. I'm just going to use him as an example. Big threes work if the three players complement each other. Absolutely. And I I think this this thought process of, no, no, the big three era is over, it will never be over if you can get three talented guys that actually fit together. Well, what I'm talking about, like, it seems like you're asking, do I think the big three – 
era is over because teams have decided it doesn't work. I don't think that's true. I think most teams, if they could find a way to make it happen, assuming you fit the right pieces together, sure. You're talking about the... The NBA, you know, certainly the the team side of this with the new CBA, it's clear they are looking to make it more difficult mm-hmm. and, you know, more painful economically, more limited in terms of the way you can build your rosters. If you've got three guys past a certain salary point, in that sense the big three era may be dying because it's just harder to do. But in terms of effectiveness, you know, there can be drawbacks in the sense that if you've got those three guys, your ability to to have depth, unless you happen to have it there in young, cost-controlled guys that are going to be there long enough that you can try to capitalize on it before it just starts becoming way too expensive with those guys on top of it. But, like, a, can it work in terms of effectiveness? Sure, it's just harder to make it work now. It's funny because I think you see the Lakers now and you see the squad that they have, and it's a big two, and then you got a bunch of role players and some role players at a different level than others. Austin Reeves is not the same role player as Their Torian hope Prince. is that Austin Reeves can become a big three. Or, but even, That's even, their hope. Even if he's not a big three, he's a – D'Angelo Russell was not supposed to come in and just be a role player. He was supposed to be better than the other role players. Um, and maybe the perfect definition of a role player is a guy like Gabe Vincent or a guy, those are the role players that you're talking about. But it's funny to see the script change so quick with the Lakers where it was, no, 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 go get Russell Westbrook. No, 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 go try to get Kyrie Irving. And then it kind of fell into something that I think a lot of Laker fans now are much more comfortable with. Austin Reeves, post-All-Star break last year, averaged – Almost 18 points a game, five and a half assists, three rebounds, 44% from behind the arc, almost 58% from the field. How about his playoff numbers, too? Right. Great playoff numbers as well. And if you look at him in the 20 games in March and April, he was averaging about 18 ish points per game mm-hmm. and same, same assist numbers, same all that. That may not make you an all star, but it makes you all star caliber. Mm-hmm. It makes you maybe in the all star conversation. The Lakers, I think, are really hoping that over the course of the four years that they have Austin, he is producing at an all-star level, even if he never really makes an all-star team. Like Drew Holiday, sure. for example. Sure. He's only made, I think, a couple all-star teams just because it's really hard to make it. Of course. Drew Drew Holiday is an all-star caliber. <laughs> Drew, Drew Holiday is an all-star caliber player. Which player? Drew Holiday. We didn't get it. Drew Holiday. But not to be confused, though, by the way, with Aaron Holiday or Justin Holiday. Sure. Not all-star caliber players. I love holidays. I love holidays, too. But the all-star holiday, that's Drew Holiday. What's your favorite holiday? My Are you talking holidays as in players or holidays as in celebrations? Celebrations. Hmm. Favorite holiday. Probably Halloween. Really? Halloween or Thanksgiving. Those are really fun holidays. Thanksgiving is my favorite. Thanksgiving's yeah, Thanksgiving, a good holiday. That's real deal right there. Especially like Thanksgiving. Nah, man. What do you mean you don't like Thanksgiving? Nah. All the gatherings, like, nah. Doc, <laughs> I see them every weekend. <laughs> Another one. But you got to get together with them. Okay, on what's Thursday? your favorite? I got to see your... them on a Thursday? Come on. <laughs> Tim... I can wait till Saturday and see everybody. <laughs> I like that. It was the Thursday part of it. Exactly. I got him. Yeah. I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> Tim and <laughs> the OC. Saturday. Tim and the OC in the, in the Travis and Sliwa community. Sliwa's favorite big three in history is Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, and Cedric Sabalos. Oh, no, you don't. You, you don't know about that big three. 
I've told this story before. So in that era, what was I like? Mid-90s. Yeah, mid-90s. So I'm like 12, something like that, right? Um, There was a poster that I had on my wall in beautiful El Cajon, and it said, The Next Generation. And it was – and people – I, I think around that it, you'll know which which poster I'm talking about, but it said the next generation. It was Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, Cedric Somalos, and they were like in the galaxy, and there were like stars everywhere. The next generation, yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. <laughs> At a time, that was the big three. Okay, we got the uh, dump coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sleeper Show, seven ten ESPN. All right, so AK, I don't know where you stand on this, but I was complaining last week about certain social media teams that represent an organization, okay? There's some cheesy things that go on, or maybe they, they talk smack. What happened, Emily, was it was um, De La Cruz, right? That there yes, was, it was the Brewers uh, scoreboard team put up uh, something about Ellie De La Cruz. It was like something like tried to hit a home run in the first inning, but didn't, and then he the guy hit it out of the park on the next time. And they actually – they, they Kind of had some fun with it. Said some. They have no further comment next yeah. time that he came up. So th- they did some. But it makes me think of the Padres earlier in the season. All right, early in the season. Slam Diego Love. It's not good. Um, they <laughs> they go up against the Dodgers in the first game that I think they had played each other um, down in San Diego of the season, and obviously a lot of hype behind the Padres. They are not living up to expectations, and they put a meme up of Kershaw after they won. And I thought it was the stupidest thing ever, and I thought it was cheesy. And I'm sitting there in my head, I'm like, "How does why Kershaw specifically? Did they Kersh- beat Kershaw? They in that beat game? Kershaw that game. They beat Kershaw. And what that was game. the meme? It was like a crying meme of Kershaw. So like the crying Jordan, but Kershaw. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It was. It was like I think that. it was actually the meme from when Kershaw when like, the Padres when Juan, eliminated no, when, the Dodgers. I thought it was when Juan Soto hit that home run, but it's anyway. It doesn't really matter. Either way, it's a it's a crying meme. The Padres went on to lose five in a row to the Dodgers, and it was uh, it was kind of looked at. I know down in San Diego, a lot of the players thought it was – Padre players were like, what are you guys doing? We never beat the Dodgers. Why the hell are you running your mouth, whatever the case is? When teams do stuff like that, are you a fan of it, or do you – what was it Russell – it was um, Russell Westbrook in Sacramento. Remember they're doing cold as ice? It was cold. It was cold as ice. Do you like when teams do that? That have these are people have nothing to do with the game, and it's the players that got to come out and back it up. Yeah, it's it's an entertainment product. You're trying to crying meme. You're trying. Well, I mean, look, maybe that one specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not offended by it as much as I don't think they did a good job choosing the meme. I don't think they did a good job trying to create like a fun back and forth. But if you're asking me, do I like? when they insert themselves trying to make it more fun, whether you're talking about the cold as ice, yeah. whether you're talking about the De La Cruz thing. Yeah, I think that stuff's fun. Like, it's it's an experience. It's all supposed to be fun. And I got to be honest, if the players can't handle what's going on with the scoreboard meme people, you have no <laughs> business being in professional baseball. Wait, but can I make the argument that the players are saying, let us be the ones that talk trash. Let us be the ones that you – know we're what? the one that – How about we, this? we got to face the other team this? the next day. You stay in your lane, players, yeah. on the field. Yeah. The scoreboard person, they have their own job. Their job is to be right, entertaining. Right, to put the numbers up that represents no, no. the score. What is this, 1950? Yes. Like, I mean, <laughs> 57. <laughs> 
they they have a different job. Their job is to make things entertaining pregame over the course of nine innings, the seventh inning stretch, all of that stuff. So get rid of the the kiss cam. No, don't get rid that's of that's entertainment. Kiss cam. Yeah, but but that's that's all okay. It's okay. Let me. This is why it came up again. I mean, seriously, like if yesterday you are, if you're Padres. a player that insecure that the scoreboard person <laughs> is writing checks you can't cash, get the hell out of the game. Yesterday, the Padres after they swept the Texas Rangers. Mind you, the Padres, in over 100-plus games, it's only the second time that they've swept a team all year long. Okay, There's still two games below 500. They put something up. It's like a SpongeBob. Um, SpongeBob, it's like four different character pictures. Hey, Patrick, what am I? And then a series <laughs> sweep. And it says, no, I'm Texas. What's the difference? Okay. Instantly, instantly, for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Padres are going to go on another six-game losing streak. That's how I look at it. I swear that's how I look at it. You're reading too much into this, uh, That's what you're used to, though. Fun. But that's what you're used to. I am yeah, used I mean, to it. You're this right is the, that's what. But the Dodgers Alan, doing respectfully, anything. this is the problem with being a Padres fan. <laughs> okay. This is not them doing anything wrong. <laughs> would the Dodgers you just do, latched onto the wrong team, The brother. Dodgers would not do something like this. And they're the ones that could talk the most of any team out there in Major League Baseball. I wouldn't mind them having more fun with their scoreboard. I mean, Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. No, we I love need, a SpongeBob but, but, meme. Yeah, but we don't need the Dodgers. Don't need that kind of entertainment down there. They do. They right. need to keep the, pa- the fans coming. Well, maybe then that's what bothers me is that. What? Well, but that's not going to keep the fans. If you read the comments, there's a lot of Padres. How many saying, fans? Why are how you many guys fans doing have this? complained about that? No, none of them. Oh no, no. It, there's there's complaining. Uh, where are they? Let me see. Is it you well, and cousins. Dude, Lee? No, I'm telling, <laughs> yeah, I'm fast. telling you, there's complaining. Everybody complains about everything. Like I mean, you. There's no such thing as spaces on social right, media on or wherever where you're not going to find complaints. I'm on a complete island. <laughs> I mean, what? Like yeah, seven people. Like. You know, take the L. Dog. George George seven nine four L Padres is complaining. Who cares? I thought I thought you might be with me on this. No, not, not with me at all. It's fun. All right, let's service the Women's World Cup real quick here. Okay, yeah. so the last game in the group stage for the U.S. Women's National Team is at midnight tonight. So it's technically tomorrow morning. Yep, they're playing Portugal. So here's the scenarios. The U.S. is currently on the top of their group with four points because they um, have a draw, a win, and a three-plus goal differential. The Netherlands have also have four points with a plus-one goal differential. Portugal has three points, and Vietnam has zero points. Okay, so that's where we're starting off before any of these games are played today. All right, so the U.S. will advance if they win or draw against Portugal. Okay. Straight up. Win or draw, they They're advance, mm-hmm. and they, they could if they draw, they might not win the division, but as, the group doesn't really matter. But if they lose versus Portugal, and Netherlands loses to Vietnam, and U.S. maintains a goal differential advantage over the Netherlands, they can still advance to the knockout round. So if they lose, it's going to be a bit more of an uphill battle. They need other things to happen. But if they win or draw... In their own hands, they they go. Can if, can if you they, do me? Can you do me one ahead. favor? Everything you just said, can you send that to Travis? Because sure. I think Travis doesn't would care. Love, love. Because Travis hallucinates that they can tie. Right. Right. He just hates that they could tie. Hates that there's the group stage. Just did you win or did you lose? I love all those scenarios. So Travis can just <laughs> listen to them and get a migraine. I'm not gonna lie. I glazed over. Okay. My eyes glazed over like halfway Here through. Here is was the describing. basic thing: that U.S. winner draw advances. So yes. if they lose, then they have to figure something out. That's it. All right, midnight. You you up at midnight watching? I might be up. 
I'm gonna have if it I'm on up, my TV in my room, yeah. and I might be up, and I might fall asleep at halftime. But yeah. it depends on how the game's going. Just watch Talk to Me before the game. You'll be up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be up because I'm trying to get used to this morning's catch. I'll be up. There you go. I'll be up. There you go. You do that for that reason. Um, okay. Another thing here. Seth Rogen has said that Oppenheimer is the perfect edible movie. If there's one person to say Ooh, that. If there's one person to say, hey, I think edibles might help with this movie, I think that's probably the right one, the right person to have say that. Um, where are you in going to a movie? By the way, are you kind of fully back? Are you going to a lot of movies or no? Um, I try to. I mean, sometimes it's difficult to, for me but just back from to the schedule. theater. Do you like? Yeah, I'll go to a theater. theater. Yeah. I, I saw Barbie opening weekend. It was we saw it at like nine thirty in the morning just because we were trying to we were late on getting tickets. But it was it was pr- for nine thirty in the morning. It was a crowded theater. Yeah, I, you're going tonight to yeah. Barbie. Yeah, Mason gave me a hundred bucks and dared me and to wear this pink shirt and go. And so I'm going tonight. <laughs> nice. And uh, I will review tomorrow. Andy, did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, thought really, it was really, really good. Yeah, from what I hear, it's very empowering for girls and or women. Em, you've seen it, right? She yes. loved it. Liked yeah. it. Uh, big fan. I'm a fan of the director anyway, so I knew I was going to go in liking it, but uh, yeah, I really liked it. Have you, now I know Taylor Swift started her run. Have you gone yet? So I'm going on Saturday. Saturday. So it starts on, the first show for LA is on Thursday. Thursday, so she hasn't started it yet. Nope, and okay. Momo's going on Friday. So, okay. Yeah. So you're going Saturday. Going Saturday. Who's going, going, who's going with you? Own. So I'm going with my, two of my sisters are coming in from Virginia, Okay. and then my best friend from UVA. And her friend, so that's another, uh, so there's six of us, and then one of my friends from L.A. So it's like a big group of six. You were able to get six tickets? Yeah, we got it like last November. Okay. So we got I it. Remember, like I know you were you were like all over it when the yeah. when the tickets came out. So got six you- tickets for $200 each. Which is like very cheap. If you it's wanted extremely yeah. expensive. If you wanted to sell them, and I know you you've already said you never would. Yeah. Did you just to satisfy your own curiosity look at what, what you could have for? gotten for them? Yeah. What was it? It's like. Uh, I think usually like a thousand per each. So you could get six thousand dollars. But here's how I'm justifying this, John. You know, this is a I, once I don't, in a lifetime. I don't think yeah. you have to justify yeah. it. By the way, you're the biggest Taylor Swift fan I know. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Of you know, I could go and take this money, and I could, you know, put money into my car. Or I could go on a vacation. I'm proud but you of know you. What? It's like this is a once in a lifetime thing. You cannot recreate this. So Mason and I debate this all the time about what's the best way to spend your money. Okay, save it, invest it, spend it on experiences, be more, like you were just saying, Ellie, be more uh, practical, like spend it on your car, cars mm-hmm. or rent, you know, right. Um, or spend it on experiences. So I commend you for spending it because I think people fall short in the experience category. A lot of yeah. people just say, well, I can't afford that. I'm not going to go. Money but- doesn't go with you. What's the what's the number? If you bought something for 200 bucks. Yeah. And you could resell it for a thousand. Does it well, matter? I told, I told Emily, I, I goofing around one day. I can't remember if you were here. I asked Em, what, how much money could I give you to get you to give me your Taylor Swift tickets? And she said zero. I wouldn't sell them for any amount. And I called her stupid because I said <laughs> if I was going to give you a billion dollars, right? Yeah. Then you could just turn around. I've got a friend that's a ticket broker who would put you in the second row. <laughs> right. So yeah. everybody, you, you shouldn't just say no, not for any amount. Now for this, you have. Your sisters are flying in. You have friends flying. I mean, yeah. it's an event. So you would have to, to, to make it worth your while, $6,000 probably isn't enough because you can't turn around and get six tickets together after you do I mean, that. a billion dollars, you can just 
probably get a <laughs> private show with Taylor now, Swift somewhere. Maybe. Now, you can have a percentage in SoFi. Emily, uh, now, have you been to SoFi for a game before? Yeah, I go every week. Yeah, for the Rams. Rams. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, the Rams. That's broadcast. right. You work on our Rams stuff. So you know it's very hard to get in and out of there. What's, yeah, your, what's so your plan? We we I we have a parking pass. So oh, we got good. One, yeah, that so helps. I'm, I'm in the orange zone. Bought already. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and we're planning on, you know, we have snacks in the car ready to wait out this long line. And it's a Saturday. It's not a weekday. That'll help. So it's like, and um, I'm going to be driving because I'm not going to be drinking at this because I really want to experience it. Don't want to have to go to the bathroom good, during good the show. Good for you. So it's going to be, we have snacks packed. We're ready for a long wait, but we're going to see how it happens. But we're also planning we got the parking lot really close to pin k so we can just like jet out after yep. that but we'll see how, we'll see how it happens this is one of six shows right yes how about that she has six shows i also might go on the last show yeah uh, you, you got, got something got working <laughs> the pair of tickets yeah uh, well good so we'll see how that goes the but, reviews are insane the yeah. reviews say that you know she supposedly plays 44 songs mm-hmm Three and hours plus. Yeah, it's a, it, she's basically the modern day spring singer. You know what's funny? I always remember this, and at the time it didn't seem like anything, but now I recognize it really was. Years, years ago, I'm going to say maybe around 2006, 2007, I was covering a Dodger game for the LA Times, and the singer for the national anthem was this young girl, Taylor Swift. And, you know, I remember watching her sing, oh, wow, she's pretty, she's really good. Total. If not a total unknown at the time, pretty unknown. That was very- probably right when like her first single came right. out. What year was it? You said oh six. Like something so, like something like that. Andy, That's I can't remember if you were. And I, by the way, Jorge, I know we're overdue to play the Super Sager, so this will be the last thing I'll ask, and you can play it. But uh, Andy, were you covering the Lakers? regularly when they played the Sixers in the finals no. in two thousand? Mm-hmm. No. So, uh. I go back to the games one and two are here. Sixers win game one. Iverson goes crazy. 48-point step-over game. game. Lakers win game two. We go back to Philly for games three, four, and five. And these girls, this band, is out there singing the national anthem, and they get the crap booed out of them. I mean, for like, the national anthem? Here's why. Philly. Here's only why. Only in Philadelphia. Exactly. Sleaze yeah. on it. So there were three of them. One was wearing a generic NBA jersey. Oh. One was wearing a Lakers jersey. And one was wearing a Sixers jersey. And so since one of them, and I can't remember which one did it, but since one of them was wearing a Laker jersey, oh, yeah. the Sixer fans didn't see anything else and just booed the hell out of them. And the group was Destiny's Child, and Beyonce <laughs> was in oh the group. Gosh. And now, I mean, she's on tour now, too. And, you know, these arguably the two biggest female acts going today are touring at the same time. I remember time. Beyonce performed at the 2004 All-Star Game in L.A. I, I was actually right. doing something for ESPN the magazine. Yep. Was there for that. Yeah, so. and now, of Doesn't course. Doesn't get any bigger. Yeah, no. she's as, as big as they get. All right, let's start uh, Super Cross Talk. All right, uh, Mace is out. Ireland and Ramona uh, this afternoon. AK in as well for uh, T-Raj. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Kind of random here. Pagers, were you? I mean, yeah, I'm imagining had him for the first, I don't know, 15, 20 years of my career. Wow. You know, uh, when I was in San Diego, that was, I mean, matter of fact, my first five years at KCAL, I had a pager. And that was the way we all communicated. And I didn't have my first cell phone until 1997. 
Okay. So that's uh, still on the early side. I the, think. Uh, well, KCAL gave me one. Okay. In 1997, and uh, but I I had a pager when one <laughs> I had a photographer because the pagers are you wear them on your belt they clipped yeah. on your belt. Yep. And uh, there's a photographer in San Diego when I worked there that flushed his pager down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did he have to get a new pager, but he had to go to the maintenance guy and say, you're probably going to have to get my pager out of the toilet. Okay. It's funny. We've all had yeah. moments where the phone almost goes. Yeah. I mean, we've all had moments in the restroom where the phone almost goes, but that sounds like the pager. We were talking about it because ringtones came up and – well, who was it? Adam Schefter is being everybody's making fun of him for his ringtone. Oh, I didn't uh, hear he, that. Ring my bell is his ringtone, <laughs> and so uh, Sam Ponder and a bunch of people were giving him crap because his phone. I, I don't. Do you remember? I don't think I've ever had the ringer on on my phone. I my phone's been on silent since the day I got it, and even if I'm expecting a call and I don't want to miss it, I um I'll just put it on vibrate. Yeah, I just, mine's on vibrate. Mine's always on vibrate, except for the brief period where I managed to track down this ringtone that I wanted, and it was so hard right. like, to find it that I was for a while in ringtone sound mode. But ninety nine percent of the time, I've had a cell phone. It's it's been on vibrate. So uh, a friend of mine has a theory. Emily, tell me what you think of this theory. He he, my friend has three younger sisters. And he's the only boy. And he, he, so he told all his sisters, if you're out with your friends and you want to meet guys, change your ringtone to the Monday night football theme. So every time your phone rings, it's da-da-da-da. It's pretty good. Da, 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 da. And, and he says, I can't tell you how many times, it's like a total icebreaker. Like, Emily, if, yeah. I, was, if I was with you in a bar, and I, but I didn't know you and we were talking, right. and your phone went off and it was the Monday night football theme, I guarantee you at least five guys will it's walk a, up to you in it. Right. Right. It's a way to get into conversation. I had a similar thing. I had a ringtone too. I didn't mention this earlier, but I had a ringtone that was from Kim Possible and it was her ringtone in the uh, show. And like for like my generation of people, like it's like, oh, I know that's the Kim Possible theme. And so it'll always be a conversation right. for that. Icebreaker. So, yeah, it's always a good icebreaker. By the way, I disagree. I heard I caught the end of Clinton in here saying that he wouldn't give up actual people for Justin Verlander. Couldn't disagree I would. more. Yeah, I would. Um look at the look at the Dodgers right now. If the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um they have the worst pitching that they've had since they moved to LA. Their ERA is over five. If you went into a playoff series, and your starters were Kershaw, Verlander, Julio, Urias, and if you needed him, Bobby Miller, and and you assume that you're only paying Verlander for two years, then by that time, maybe Dustin May and Walker Bueller are back. I think he's the perfect stopgap. I would give up young players or prospects for Justin Verlander in a heartbeat. The only case, AK, you were making the case that, are they good enough even with that? And I'm... I, I, John, I lean towards you. Why have all these prospects? You have them for moments like this. And right. that's not to say you don't crop your own guys. That's not to say, you know, you you be um, uh, you still be disciplined with what you give up. But what's the point of this year unless you get to a moment? Like, it's clearly you don't have the pitching to compete for a World Series. It just depends on internally how many pitchers away do you think you are? Well, That's really I, I, the think, I, th- I think you're asking the wrong question. I think it's the opposite. I think it's do you, if you make the postseason and if the season ended today, 
Uh, if you make the postseason, do you have enough starting pitching to make a run? That's and what I I'm would, asking. Well, I thought you said, you know, if, like, they don't. I mean, it's clear. I mean, if you watch, I think it was also, and, and uh, Momo just walked in. Hi, What's Momo. up, guys? I think if you watched Michael Grove the other day and you watched Sheehan last week, you realize they're just these guys are good. Right. They're just not ready. Right. Um, and so and if you're going to put gonna, them in a playoff game, yeah, the put, first if you, time you, you put Verlander, if you start Kershaw game one, Verlander game two, now you're talking. Now you can go toe to toe with the Braves. Um, but without that, I don't think they have enough. Well, the, okay, but you you answered the question that I was asking. I said, how many pitchers away do you think you are? You said Verlander, so one away. I think you're That's, probably two away, but I don't. Is Lance Lynn a postseason starter? He's I don't been know. barely he's a got, starter he's got this the season. Stuff for it. You know he's Andy. You know he's sixth in the majors in strikeouts. He's also leading the league in allowed home runs. I'm, that's right. I mean, so he's gonna he's gonna be hot and cold. When I saw that they they traded for Lance Lynn, my immediate thought was like, wait, that Lance Lynn? Like that, yeah, Mason hates still, it. I was just like, he's still pitching. Yeah. You know, he's, he's sixth in the majors in strikeouts. Yeah. He's actually been decent. I just don't know what they do if they don't make a trade by tomorrow at three. I, listen, they, I, I don't want to undersell what the Dodgers have done. They're 14, 15 games over 500. they They're leading the division. Yeah. They're a threat, as they always are. But I don't know how you walk into a playoff series with what their pitching has already shown. Well, the big cloud over all this is, do they think... I know a lot of other people think, but do they think they're getting Otani? Because if they are, then any trade for Justin Verlander or Nolan Arenado or anything that puts that costs you money is going to drive their tax through the roof. But if you don't think you're getting Otani, well, then go get Verlander if, okay. and Arenado. Well, I mean, why by not? that logic, unless they're willing to just say screw it, we don't care. By that logic, they don't think they're getting Otani because. They're clearly interested in Verlander, and by multiple reports, they were interested in Arenado. Yep. Right. So by that logic, they don't think they're getting okay. Otani. Well, well, but you got to. It's more nuanced than that. Yeah. Um. For example, the Arenado trade had Muncie and Chris Taylor going out, so it's sure. not as and, and Arenado, believe it or not, is like not that no, bad. No, I just this was the way you had presented it, so I'm saying right, by I'm say that logic. Right. But I'm saying if you if you're sending money out. And you're not taking that big of a hit, then it, it's all numbers. So you just add it up. But um, for example, Verlander, I can't imagine the Mets want like high salaried everyday guys. They probably, you know, they look like they're going through it to a total rebuild. Well, they say they're not. They say it's not a rebuild. Oh God, <laughs> this is like the Rams saying we're not rebuilding. You're mm -hmm. not. So you you just let Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey yeah. and everybody else go for nothing. Yeah, they're doing one of the few things that. The Mets are actually saying, all right, let's cut our losses where I don't think the Padres are going to trade any of their guys. And there's only a game, game and a half difference between them and the Mets. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's weird what the Padres are doing because Blake Snell and Josh Hader are walkaway free agents. Yep. So, okay, you're not going to the playoffs this year. You're going to have to pay them next year. Why not trade them both? And if you want to re-sign them, go re-sign yeah. them. And yeah, I, that's and why I, I thought the Cubs were going to do that with Cody Bellinger. Now the Cubs think they're in it, so they're not going to trade him. Uh, John, and I, don't think they're gonna I got a question, though. I just walked in, and I have to know. Yeah. You're wearing the pink shirt. Tonight. 
Going tonight. You're going tonight. Okay. Yeah. So I He's was like, does in. this mean he saw Barbie or is no, this mean he's tonight, just right? going tonight? Going after the show. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. You think I'm going to like it? I think you're going to love it. Okay. It's really good. Okay. It's I think really, you're going to come really out of there good. being like, that was one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm mad because Lisa can't go with me. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm staring Greg Bergman's biggest fear in the face. Going, going solo to Barbie. Why would that, <laughs> why would he not? Be willing to do that. I don't nothing get it. wrong with seeing a movie solo. No, yeah. not only nothing wrong that I do it all the time. Yeah, Bergman. Uh, we we got to the bottom of it. He's on vacation this week, but Bergman is. Yeah. He's worried about coming. Like, and Ramona said it right away that if I saw a, a single guy watching a movie in, in going to Barbie by himself, I would just assume he was gay. Which is and and to me, if you want to assume I'm gay, more power right. to you. I don't care. That's yeah. that's yeah. what it is. Well, why wouldn't what what else could I it don't, be? I don't care what movie if. Somebody, if, if he's embarrassed to go in there by himself, if my girl is busy I, or something like that, and I yeah. want to go see a movie, or she has no interest to in seeing the movie, oh, go see the movie by I yourself. I love seeing movies by myself because then you don't have to talk to anybody. You, to, you can choose last. You know, you can switch the movie last minute. If say all of a sudden it's like, you know what, right? Yep. I want to see that. If the movie instead. stinks, you can leave. You have yeah. to share any <laughs> snacks. Yeah, go to the restroom whenever you want. You're fine. Perfect. All right, Super Crosstalk is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. John Allen, Mona Shelburne, coming up next.